Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. We are back to our weekly schedule for the first time in like six months. Seems like it's been a while, but hey, we're back and that's all that matters. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Orlando City, draw versus Sporting Kansas City. Orlando Pride winning for the first time in over 600 days. The Orlando City Academy 23s absolutely killing the UPSL. UCF in the NCAA tournament. And we're bringing back some of our favorite things to do that we haven't done in quite a while. Weird news and red cards. We'll explain when we get to it at the end of the show. But we've got Gavin Eubank, Brad Newton, and Cal Foley all here. I'm Austin David, and we're going to bring you the rest of this uh, Orlando Shocker show. So here we go. Guys, first off, There's how you doing? There's Bozo over here. Wow. <laughs> right off the bat. Wow. I, I, I want to say so far in 2021, I think we've had like all of us on an episode more times in this calendar year than we have in the last two calendar years, not counting the clock cast episodes. Yeah. Cause I don't count yeah, those. I was going to say, cause yeah, those, I mean, those, those exist in a vacuum. Yeah. Those aren't, those yeah, aren't the, necessarily, those are limited edition experiences. Yeah. We just happened to be watching soccer while we were recording those. Those were not, uh, those were like the, what if Marvel episodes. It was really just an excuse to drink more during the pandemic. Like I needed yeah. another excuse, but I say that as create, this create this content epi- around it. This episode is brought to you by Truly, the official, <laughs> unofficial hard seltzer of Orlando Soccer. Truly, Kyle, I have a, Didn't I have a White pending... Claw win the Clawcast. Nah, I don't... Well, no one actually won the Clawcast because we kind of abandoned it and never <laughs> went back to it. We've we've had two Clawcasts that. Ended with two different winners, and then we were going to do more and just haven't yet because so, like, I mean, another sixteen different white claw or seltzers. Oh yeah, since oh yeah, yeah. There's like yeah. a ton more. Oh, we we will finish. Don't worry. For those of you that were bothered that we spent all that time putting out episodes on us just tasting flavors of seltzers, we will be returning with at least two more episodes on it. I'm drinking a strawberry more. guava Topo Chico right now as we. That sounds like this. a type of Pokemon. It does. It's uh delicious. Is it good? Oh, it's it's incredible. If Sounds you guys t- first of all, Tobo Chico is my favorite mineral water, and then second of all, they made their own hard seltzers. So, it's great. What was all the right. brand again? Topo, Topo Chico. Chico. Yeah. Oh, I think I've seen that. Publix just started carrying those. Yeah, I think they did. They're they're pretty good. Yeah, they look good. Well, as as much as we can go on and on about hard seltzers, because we can, and we've proven it by doing two different shows on it, uh, we're going to talk soccer today with Ugh. maybe a little smattering uh, of... You guys silly? I'm still going to send it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sending it, hey, Orlando City, uh, draw 1-1 versus Sporting Kansas City. Uh, in a game that they controlled the game on the road and should have probably won they pulled out a draw which still felt like a victory i don't know guys uh talk to me how did you feel about this this game against sporting kansas City? i felt like it was the most devastating defeat orlando city have ever faced okay <laughs> and so anybody who rated it as average or only mediocre is clearly not watching because by by game two of the season you expect a team to be in tip-top peak performance okay and if you're not winning games on the road 
by at least four goals, then your team is trash and every player is like a two out of ten at best. Oh, wow. Mr. Sarcasm. Yeah, I don't care. Just going to throw this out here real quick. Do you guys want to know what the uh, the XG for Sporting Kansas City was? Uh, 0. 0.22. 0. 0.37. Yes. yes. 0. 0.37. Or, you want to know what Orlando City's was? 1.37. 24 1.24 so I, I, I took those guesses in the dark yeah yeah austin austin was yeah that i was going for a little bit more comedic effect than what you would have imagined there but um yeah city should have won that game um sporting kansas city's goal like at the end of the first half there was was like against the run of the entire first half yeah, it was it was quite literally when playing out of the back goes wrong. And oh, for yeah. those that don't know, there is an entire Twitter account dedicated to when playing out of the back goes wrong. So feel free to I mean that that goal was in fact on the Twitter account. It is called WPIOOTBGW. You know, you're just a jerk. I mean, you're really just stupid. I mean, it's not even clever or funny or anything. It's just dumb. It's unfortunate, too, because you Orlando's typically very good at playing into the back. I mean, like, they had, they were doing it all game long, and it was just like that one moment towards the end of the half, Sporting Kansas City was finally starting to put that pressure on them. And I think that they can sense, like, hey, we're getting near the end of the half. You know, these guys are probably looking to just get it into halftime. This might be an opportunity to pounce on it. And they were able to do that. Antonio Carlos has one bad touch, and, you know, it, the ball scooped up, and um, Giancarlo Busio is there to to put it in. But, I mean, I'll get, listen, I'll give credit to Orlando City because going to Kansas City is not an easy place to do. Playing Kansas City is not an easy thing to do. And they managed to go and get a result. They probably... You know, they could have won the game. I won't say that they should have won the game, but they definitely had the opportunities to do that. The fact that they didn't walk away with three points is the fact that, that it is a disappointment that they didn't walk away with three points certainly says a lot about their performance and certainly the expectations of where this team is, especially considering how many starters they just don't have right now. Like this team is so far from full strength and they're just picking up where they left off last year. And I think what one of the the big characteristics of this team from last season was that they just went on the road no matter where it was and they found ways to get results and they are doing it again and with Oscar Prey at the helm literally anything is possible no matter where they're playing or who they're playing they've shown that any opponent is capable of being taken down uh Vanderwater wasn't included in the the team this week um which I thought was was kind of interesting, um, and so you have you have Kyle Smith again starting at left back. So, or well, I think that that's another thing too is he was the left back, but Orlando basically played a three back like this whole time. So it was him, Antonio Carlos, and Rodrigo Schlegel, basically as like three center backs, and then Juan pushed up the right side almost the entire game. Like. You can look at any time Orlando had the ball, and it's three center backs. And really, the only time Juan was back there was to be was you know when Orlando was on defense and they had to come back. But I mean, all things like they they played a very clear shape and very clear style. And I think you know those guys did a good job in what they had to do. Uh, Kyle Smith again, he wasn't really tested that much, and 
still is is holding it down. But quite I, well. I think it's I think it's one of those things where like if you are playing it out of the back and you're playing with guys who, I mean, might not necessarily be too adept at that. I don't think. I mean, uh, I mean, just kind of looking at some of the, the player, you know, ratings here. Uh, Wuhan got like a was rated like a six. Antonio Carlos was just below that. So I mean, I don't know. There's not there's they they, they played a very average game from top to bottom. I, I think is is yeah. is what we can sort of agree on here. I mean, Nani obviously probably the best player on the the pitch and probably. Yeah. Mendez as well. Mendez, I think, had a pretty good game. Very much so. Yeah, I think Mendez uh, is I was, my player of the I game, think, easily. Right. I think Manani, like, from the game he had against Atlanta to the game he had this past weekend uh, was, like, night and day. And I talked to Nani about that after the game, and I just straight up told him, like, hey, uh, so your first game wasn't that great. You seemed a lot more kind of fresher and, and better today. You know, do you feel like it's just kind of getting your legs under you? And he basically said, I had no preseason. He said that um, the 45 minutes he played against Minnesota was his first game action of preseason. And then he went right into starting the first game of the year. That's really hard to get your feet under you and do that. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, considering looked, that that was just great, like in that limited time, he's really had to sort of get into playing shape, really. Yeah, I was say, especially when you think about, jeez, like, when you think about that game against Atlanta, it's at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon in Central Florida. It's not exactly the easiest time to run around for ninety minutes. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who who thought that was a good idea? Putting a, a prime time game at three o'clock in Orlando. Don Garber. Yeah, well, that's typical. <laughs> oh, you weren't being listen, serious. Sorry. Listen, you had you had powerhouse Austin making their debut yeah oh wait no that was that was not good that wasn't a good game okay never mind it, yeah <laughs> yeah now that now austin fc might have problems with their dp sign uh because <laughs> i guess they illegally signed him or like they didn't go through the proper procedures to sign him so whoopsie doodle w- welcome to mls <laughs> this is their welcome to mls moment your first fine so and maybe I maybe I misread something. I thought it was something with like, in terms of just just immigration, not immigration, but like visa paperwork or things like that. Not with the league, but with like the U.S. But I was I am I wrong on that? Was it with was it, it not doing things correctly through MLS or was it them not doing things correctly through the U.S.? It the way it sounded, it sounded like it was something they didn't properly register the player. Okay. But that, but that could be something just as simple as like, hey, they didn't, they didn't file he was registered yet. <laughs> so according to uh, one of the uh, Texas newspapers, it was about registration. So the the way they described it was they a league related administrative issue regarding his admi- uh, registration. Okay. Stinky. It's potentially league rated, related, not actually. No, it, it's it's most likely league league related based on the way that's worded. I would assume that's something that the league would. I, I don't think that's something that they're going to go. Oh well, he can't play for you, you know, until until the summer when the new 
transfer window opens and you can register players or whatever, I would assume that's something that will probably be worked out because it sounds like it's probably just a mistake on something. It's it it doesn't sound like the Miami situation where it was, hey, let's be super shady about the way we're paying people so we can bring people in that we're not technically supposed to have on these contracts. Yeah. Hey guys, let's just sign everyone. What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? I mentioned this in our chat. I don't think I've mentioned this on the show, but I I think we should, or maybe I did last week. But that shouldn't be an issue. I think if if David Beckham wants to start a, a, a club and wants to pay everybody an absurd amount of money, then go for it. Fine. This this stupid and we've talked about this for years. The the whole structure and TAM and GAM and DPS and all this stuff is just so so convoluted and unnecessarily so. You know what? The Cosmos were right. <laughs> you mean uh, potential Super League future champions, New York Cosmos, well, right? I here's my thing. I don't. I, yes, you could take away that, like, oh, the Cosmos wanted to join the Super League. How funny! But it's like, well, no. The 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 Galaxy Brain take is that they're upset about not being able to join the Super League. But the real thing that they're doing is like. Hey guys, you guys hate closed competitions, right? Well, have I got one for you guys? It's called Major League Soccer. <laughs> it's, well, we've we we've talked about it before because it's it's the <clears throat> the idea that like the U.S. walked into soccer and went, "Hey, this sport that the entire rest of the world does, we're gonna do it too." Oh, but we're gonna do it our way because clearly your way is shit, even though you've been doing it for such a long time. And it's the biggest game in the world, but our way is definitely better. So we're gonna do it our way. I don't even know if it's that so much. I think I think at first, really having that single entity and having a closed competition where teams needed that sort of infrastructure to sort of survive, because leagues, professional soccer league, a professional soccer league would would not be viable in the U.S. if there was promotion or relegation in it at at that early stage. To really build up the brand and identity of MLS, I think you had to have teams that fans could get familiar with and players could. Because like, if if you had teams that were coming in and out of the, year, the league every year at first, I, I I don't think there's any way it would have stuck. But I think now you've reached a point where because of expansion and just the nature of there being so many clubs and soccer really taking the the foothold that it really has now in the U.S. that I think promotion relegation probably should realistically be a thing i mean mls is going to expand to what like 30 teams by the end of the decade no and you're right it's not something that would have worked then it's something that would work now is is arguably needed now it's not going to happen now no no it's not going to happen now and that's the thing it's because teams have gotten too used to having that access to mls and having that revenue share that now suddenly if that was taken away from them now you're gonna have serious issues so i think you were damned if you do damned if you don't either way but uh, i think it's something that spiritually could probably be addressed i don't know Hmm. who was that dude that always used to be on twitter like postulating about pro rail for usa guys i'm here to tell you that was actually me (laughs) Ted, yes. No, I don't. Tinfoil yeah. Ted. Whatever happened to him? Well, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I blocked him a while ago. Right, yeah. No, he just doesn't exist anymore. 
Like, no one's heard from him in years. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. This is a whole new level of nerd. <laughs> You're right. Let's get back to Orlando City. Hey, so, yes. guys, Nani. Uh, we were talking about him and then got <laughs> off on a tangent. Um, but I wanted to go back to his goal. Nani. Nani. Talk about his goal. That back heel looked real nice. It, uh, yeah, it was, it, it I, was very just sort of, uh, it was very nice. I would say I'm a little disappointed that when he did the back heel, he did look back just to like confirm that it was going in instead of doing like the obvious badass. Like, I know that went in. You don't have to tell me it went in. Just kind of like the, you put up the three and you just immediately turn around. That's what it is. Well, but it also it prevents him from becoming uh, a meme like Nick Young yeah. if he just <laughs> threw up his hands like and then it gets saved or something off the line. Yep. I mean, in fairness, we do see that pretty much like every week now, though, with people scoring goals that just get called off like 10 minutes later. Yeah, you could be called offside by like your breath or something <laughs> like that. You know. Well, yeah. in in English football, yes. Um. Good. I, yeah, I just ask Arsenal. I'm pissed now. <laughs> I do want to ask you a question. I was having this conversation with uh, a radio show host friend of mine, Mark Moses. He asked me if if Nani's goal would fall into the top ten goals of Orlando City history. And I want to ask you guys the same question. I mean, I mean probably uh, just because of the uh, low bar. Of, yeah. <laughs> Just because right, but, of lack of candidates? Uh, yeah. Okay, sorry, top five then. No. Uh, I mean, it, no. it's a hard thing to put on the spot just based off what they've scored, but it, like, if I had to think about it, I probably would say no. It depends what the criteria is, too. I mean, like, how – because everyone considers – like, are we talking about the best skill or just, like, the best goal? Just best like, goal, in your opinion. In like, your opinion. Nah, the, the goal that nah. The goal that Benji scored that got called offside earlier in the game, I thought, was, like, a bit cooler than, the like, the back heel. Yeah, because he flipped it over the keeper. Yeah. Like, to, to me, the own goal against – the own goal that Houston had in the second game in the team's MLS history, I thought, was a bit cooler. But, like <laughs> – that I was mean, an own goal, though. Wasn't it like though. Pedro Rivera walking in off his back? No, no, no. It was an own goal. No, yeah, that was an own goal that he bit, won Orlando a game one nil against Houston off an own goal. That was their so first that, ever MLS win as well, and it was yeah. Tyler Derek. Was it Tyler Derek who scored that goal officially? Because he like tried to punch it. He tried to punch Pedro Rivera, and then ended up punching the ball into his own goal. Yeah. Which again, way cooler. Because <laughs> you fucked up. <laughs> so best go- best goal in Orlando City history, own goal. Uh, I think no. it's knocked down by the fact that he was basically kicking it into an open net. I I, I also anyone, I'm not saying way, I don't want to say anyone can listen, do that, but the skill like the bar is much lower to make that shot. Also, if no one is standing there. I, the best goal in Orlando City history is the one that Nani scored in the the skills competition. To win it for Orlando. <laughs> that wasn't even a goal. That was a bar. crossbar. That yeah, crossbar. that was the best. That's, that's that not a goal. One. It, it delivered hey, Orlando listen. a trophy. Hey, yeah, got them their first piece of silverware in MLS. So hey, <laughs> yeah. it's, no, actually, it technically, he went bar down, guys. Actually, technically, the Orlando City Invitational. Yeah, don't shit on it. No, no, no. no. That wasn't that week. wasn't an MLS one. Technically, the EMLS that FIFA Abe won was the first trophy. 
I don't acknowledge EMLS as a competition. <laughs> it's an MLS competition, you guys. I don't acknowledge it as a competition. <laughs> it's not my competition. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> exactly. Jeez. All I right. didn't vote for that competition. <laughs> I didn't vote for him. And now it's gone, and I hate everything. <laughs> Thank you, Ron Swanson. All right. Well, we talked about Nani. Uh, Brad, you mentioned Sebas in the midfield. Had a very good game. Uh, basically played box to box a bit, and um, he was he was everywhere, and he had a very very solid game. Let's talk about him. You know, as as guys need to start stepping up. You know, as as there are still quite a few guys missing who would probably be the regular starting eleven. It is nice to see that there is some depth to this team. Uh, again, uh, last week I said like. Looking at how this team is starting every week is looking at how this team is probably going to be looking at late game situations down the road this season. So really seeing how they're getting a good start out of these guys might be some indication as to how they look later on in games later this season. So keeping up that pressure and and really having guys that can sort of come in and just, like you said, play that box-to-box role no matter how much time they're getting and really being able to finish out games, I think is huge for Orlando city, especially if they're getting these kinds of performances out of those guys. Yeah. I mean, um, I think for me with Sebas, like I said, I, he's my man of the match for this game, just because of what he, this game doesn't go Orlando city's way without Sebas Mendes on the field. I think my biggest concern with Orlando to start the year with Yuri Rossell out is that they don't have somebody who's going to be that guy deep in the midfield to connect the back line. Like, to, if Orlando wants to play out of the back, they have to do it with somebody there in the midfield. And not having Mauricio Pereira is a big loss. But then not having a guy like Yuri Rossell who's going to be able to hit balls, you know, move the ball into the midfield, hit the counterattacks going, and being able to play out of the back it really limits them even more, which is what we saw against Atlanta because they didn't have anyone playing that role. Nobody touched the ball more than 55, 56 times. Sabas Mendes touched the ball 112 times in this game. I I didn't watch the game live, but so I watched it on Sunday morning, so I knew the stats going in. I knew kind of what to expect. So I looked at this game with an eye on Sabas Mendes to see if he really matched up to what those numbers said, and it was hard to not make just constantly notes about the game with hit without him in it because he was involved in just so many opportunities. He created the opportunity that led to um that led to Nani's backhill goal. He created opportunities um for guys all over the field. And I I feel like I don't I'm trying to find it in my notes, but I mean those balls, those other goals that were offsides, he was involved in he was probably involved in getting those set up as well. I mean he was so good in hitting uh, switching the field, hitting balls up long, you know, going over the top on a lot of guys, and without that, Orlando is not as ne- nearly as dangerous because they don't they don't have a playmaker. Andres Pereira is a good player, but he's not he's not Mauricio Pereira. But with with Sebas, they they were much better off. This was a much better game plan that Orlando City had than they had against Atlanta, and was it clearly it Pereira? Worked. Was it Pereira or Moutinho who traveled with the team this week? Uh, uh, Giro Moutinho was on the bench, yes. Yeah, that was a good sign to see, by the way. Just seeing him on the bench, not even playing, because he's still a bit of a ways away, uh, but seeing him on the bench was promising. Yeah. 
yeah, I think with with you get him, you get Mauricio, and you get either if it's not Yuri, it's Sebas playing this role. You get one of those guys playing that role. Orlando's not going to be what Orlando was at its best last year until all three of those guys are back. And listen, we've given Kyle Smith plenty of credit for what he's done in that role, but Orlando is not going to be its best unless John Moutinho is the one running up and down that left side because they just it gives them such another level of attacking mindedness that they just don't have. Um, but yeah, he, he's on the bench and it seems like he's very close to returning to play. So that's very encouraging. So and I, you also I, have Schlegel starting in place of Jansen too. So that's, yeah. that's also going to be someone. To look out yeah. For. I was, I was thinking about that too, is, you know, we you have Sebas being the guy who's hitting all those long balls. They, you know, Jansen's another guy who can usually do that on the back line, but he obviously hasn't been there as well. So they've, they were really without that dynamic in the first game against Atlanta. They weren't able to do that. Um, so at least with Sebas there being that guy, they get, they, they got that back. Um, and that was very important, especially as you go, as they go up against the Cincinnati team this weekend, that is, uh, butts, I think is what the kids are saying. So they are, we'll see how that goes. They are in fact bad. Uh, Kyle, you were going to say something. Stinky. (laughs) I feel like the big takeaway really for, for all of us from, from both of the first two games was that things look promising. They don't look – I mean, the results obviously aren't amazing. You don't love to come away with draws, right? Nobody sits there and goes, yeah, it's let's 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 just keep get coming away with one point every game and and season's going to be great. But when, you, when we factor in, we've talked about both last week and this week, you talk about who's missing. Uh, and, but then you talk about, you know, who's been stepping up and contributing. And we're starting to see things that, that look – you talk about, you know, not having the playmakers on the field and missing things like that. But still seeing opportunities. I think for me, this last game, the big takeaway was there wasn't really anyone. The the chances were there. And we talked about that way earlier with the expected goal difference, right, Bet- between Orlando and Kansas City. And I, the big difference was just we weren't clinical enough, which was kind of to be expected because not only is the number one scoring player that we have currently over in England right now, but then the guy that was brought in to replace him is also hurt with an undisclosed lower body injury and nobody knows when he'll be back. So to have those opportunities there and just not be finishing them in only game two of the season is one of those things that I look at and go, okay, cool. Like I'm, I'm happy with that because that me we're not just getting lucky and scoring goals and managing to win a game or whatever. We're, we're producing chances. We're playing in a way that, I mean, there is a consistent style that we saw last year that we're now seeing carry over into this year and continuing again proving one of the things we talked about was that hoping last year wasn't a fluke right and so we're seeing that it's a it's the exact same style of play and things are looking very impressive it's just not quite clinical enough and that's because preseason was very weird and for some players was non-existent because we're still living in a covid world and so things aren't quite back to normal we're missing players and still being able to go on the road and come away with a point against a good team in a game that we very well should have won. And I think from our perspective, the fact that all of us is going, we should have won that. That would have been nice to win. That is a really good feeling that shows how well Orlando was playing and how well they have been playing over the last, I mean, arguably over the last year that we expect to win those games and we don't walk away going, eh, you know, you know, we drew against a good team. So I'm happy. 
we go, no, we expect to win, even with being short players, even with having people out injured, even with, you know what I mean? It's like we have all these these reasons that we can kind of justify why it's a draw and easily walk away and go, okay, I'm happy with that. And even then we sit there and go, okay, but we should have won that. Like That should have been, should that should have been something that we, that we'd won, which again, all of that big positives. If you're an Orlando city fan, those are things that you want to see. Yep. And hopefully yeah. when you play against a team like Cincinnati this weekend, you kind of get an opportunity to find your footing a little bit more offensively because as Gavin said, they're butts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with what Kyle's saying. I think, you know, we've talked about it before the season. It's, you really can't it's you got to keep your expectations low for these first few weeks just because i mean generally speaking teams do not get off to the best starts and especially with orlando city we knew coming into the year that they were going to be significantly shorthanded in terms of their top end talent not being available um but yeah it, it is encouraging you know i didn't take away anything from that first game it is it's the first game orlando always draws on opening day and we very rarely get to see much um of the team. So, but this game is, is different. And you think, you know, it is encouraging and it kind of like what Kyle says is, are they going to be bad again? There is that little lingering worry coming into the year that like, all right, maybe last year was a fluke. I didn't, I didn't personally believe that it was. And I, we saw Orlando play enough over enough games consistently for me to, for, for us to be able to believe like, okay, yeah, this, this team is a good team and they're going to be able to be a good team with all the talent that they retained. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I do have some concerns still, even when everyone's healthy, um, just based on what's going on up front. I mean, Tesho Akindali has been almost non-existent up there. You know, Pato's hurt now. Daryl Dike is not probably not going to be back th- until the end of the month um, based on what happens with Barnsley and their championship uh, promotion playoff. Mm. But outside of that, I mean, we, we Benji Michelle got the start, but, he had a couple of good moments, but I didn't see much that excited me from him. I mean, yeah, and then you have Mateus, a, you have guys uh, Mateus Ayas, right? And, yeah, Alexander Alvarado. Like I, those guys worry me to the point where they've been with this team. I want to say long enough that you would expect that they would be on the field more often, and they're just not, which concerns me because nobody knows these players better than Oscar Pereja, and nobody. Nobody is as known for giving young players an opportunity more than Oscar Pereira, and yet that they're not getting this opportunity, it leads me is ask has me asking why you know because we want to see these guys play. We do, I can't I honestly have no opinion of them because they've been here for what almost a year and they just have played very very limited amount of minutes and that you know, that's depth that we want to be able to say Orlando has, but we just don't know at this point well I think it's it's very early considering here's the thing with Mateus Ayas his passport and whole visa situation put his actual getting here uh back quite a ways and by that point he was like months and months out of playing shape so when he got to Orlando he had to get into playing shape and only ended up playing uh like four or five games and Alexander Alvarado he came in here as a as a very short-term loan at the very end of the season and he only played like two or three games. So they haven't had enough time to supplant who's playing in front of them up until now. You know, Alexander Alvarado, he was the the guy to replace Nani uh, in the game against Kansas City. And 
Mateus Ayas is, is coming off the bench uh, in the attacking position. So they're the first guys off the bench when it comes to opportunities in their positions. They're just not ready to start yet. They haven't earned the opportunity over some of the other guys. And that could be because, you know, uh, Tesho is trustworthy. He's been around with Oscar for years and years and years. And mm-hmm. you know what you're going to get out of Tesho Akindele up front. Whereas Mateus Ayas, there's still a little bit of unknown to him. There's still a bit of young and raw talent to him. And in an, in a road game like that, maybe you don't try it. You you want to go with what you know, especially early in the season. It should be added, I guess, to their fair to you know to their credit. Oscar did bring them on early enough when the game was still when they were still trailing. So he brought these guys on while Orlando's trailing, probably with the idea like, all right, you guys, this is your opportunity. Someone give me a goal. And then Nani scored that back heel a couple minutes later, and then Orlando basically bunkered down for the rest of the game mm-hmm. to the point where, like, all right, these guys were almost a non-factor because the ball just wasn't necessarily right. And that just that's just how it, how the <laughs> game went. So I will I will give them I will give them that that benefit the of the doubt. Did not let yeah the 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 game just didn't let them uh, be be what they possibly are. Right. Um, but yeah, you know maybe I should I I do want to correct myself and say yeah you know in fairness. Oscar did give them a chance. You know, they were losing. They brought these guys on. That was their opportunity. Unfortunately for them, the game changed two minutes later. And, you know, maybe in that situation, if Oscar had waited five minutes, we probably don't see them. You know, we probably see it like a defensive replacement. But, yeah, I mean, I I, I want to see them. You know, I want to see what these guys got, you know, so they can answer some questions for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, hey, they came on and Orlando scored, so... They they affected yeah. the game in in a positive as far way. As, as far as we know, it's all because of them. Exactly, you know, because well, I mean, <laughs> who knows, you know? Um, I I can't remember somebody. I can't remember if it was IS or not. Um, I'd have to go back and and actually look at the the goal that Nani scored. But somebody made an overlapping run on like the right hand side uh, that opened up some space. I think it was IS. He right. he pulled a defender away, which allowed Nani to get into space. Um, well, so, Mueller was also on the field. Yeah, the Mueller Mueller cut inside on the left side, and then Ias uh, supplanted Mueller on the right. So he occupied a defender by just you know being in the box. So when Mueller had you know Kyle Smith got in the box, Mueller got in the box. Like they overloaded the box and overloaded the amount of defenders that were in there, and had to keep all the Kansas City defenders honest. So it, it ended up giving Nani uh, enough space to be able to flick that ball in the back of the net so which i will say that was another curious thing was mueller starting on the bench because orlando played a lot you know chris works really well as like that inverted winger the guy who can play in from the right side Mm -hmm. and orlando really pushed up through juan on the right side and that would have been kind of like the perfect opportunity to have juan pushing and then you get mueller finding space inside to kind of create those chances that we really didn't see that he's very good at doing so i was I was a little puzzled why he was coming off the bench in that game, but maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's just Oscar giving guys different looks. But. I think that's what it is. It's just like, you know, because of the amount of games in such a short amount of time, you want to be able to mm-hmm. to keep players fresh for certain games. And the last time that Orlando played Kansas City in Kansas City, Tesho and Benji started, and Tesho and Benji scored. So, right. You know, yeah, if if it, if it worked then, it, it might work now. So you you go with the speed of Benji rather than the technical ability of Mueller, and see if it you, you can hit lightning twice. Yeah, I mean maybe 
maybe he's you know maybe Oscar saw something that said hey maybe this guy you know I like Chris's technical ability but Benji's speed is probably a little bit more dangerous against this back line or mm-hmm. who knows but well they I, don't they oh, yeah. they didn't obviously they didn't have Matt Beasley this time so he, they couldn't just roast yeah. the hell out of him <laughs> I mean yeah, God right. like did you see what was it Austin's first game he got roasted again like I did not see that I, yeah. The, the dude is just not what he used to be. And the fact that Austin was like, we need this guy. was like, are, are you sure? Because he's, he's not good. Like, there's a reason Kansas City was like, yeah, have him. <laughs> Aside but, okay, from him being yeah. 34 years old now. And he's the captain. Yeah. That's, uh, be, yeah that'd be like. I mean, that's a, that's expansion team building for you. <sighs> yeah, that's that's pretty typical for an expansion team. Yeah. Well, he was a well. He was a free agent, and when he signed with them, so. right? But there's a reason that Kansas City was just like, yes, leave. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Kansas but City they, was like, yeah, we're not going to renew your contract. So, but for for them, they didn't have to pay anything to bring in an experienced player in the league that can lead. I, I'm sure a lot of that was more for what he can do off the field for them than what he'll do on the field. Yeah, because he's at this point a liability for them on the field, and. The fact that they lost the first game he played in and won the second game he didn't play in, I I I don't think that's why. I mean that's a that's a pretty small sample size, but I yeah. get I get what you're saying there. Like, oh, I'm just I'm not... just I'm just going full like scorched earth policy here. Like, just, oh, okay. I'm, I'm doing gotcha, it for the gotcha, meme. I'm not gotcha, I'm not being completely gotcha, gotcha, serious. Gotcha. It's a very small sample size. <laughs> Anywho. All right, last thing I want to talk about with Orlando City is the aforementioned Daryl DK and Barnsley. They have clinched a spot in the promotion playoff in the uh, English Football League Championship, along with Brentford, Bournemouth, and Swansea. They will be battling it out to see who makes that final third spot for promotion into the Premier League. As of right now, Barnsley is sixth and will play Brentford. However, only one point separates all four teams. Brentford at 78, Bournemouth, Swansea, and Barnsley at 77. So this could change with the final two matches set to be played. And also considering Brentford has played one less game than the other three, that could change even more. I say Brentford lost in... Was it the final last year? Or was it the... Brentford was in the playoffs last year too, and they lost. Um, I think to Fulham. Uh, yes, Brentford and so you can imagine they're going to be hungry. Yes, Brentford ended up finishing in third last year as well, and finished two points behind West Brom. Yeah, but for the as we know, automatic. As we know, with things with the word Brent in them, when you need them to show <laughs> up, they won't. <laughs> bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot! <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. I would say I feel bad about that, but Brent's never gonna hear that, so No, he's never gonna hear that. No, he's never gonna hear that. We you could write it in the chat and he still won't see it. Yeah, no, I could I could send it to him. Yeah, you could still never I could stand outside of his house. I could stand outside of his house, play it over his speaker, and he'll not hear it. (laughs) Poor guy. But Brent's mom, because I know Brent's mom has been a faithful listener from day one. Tell your son we miss him. <laughs> we hope his undisclosed lower body injury that doesn't require <laughs> surgery is doing okay. And uh, I know there's no estimated timetable, but, you know, we'd love an update. 
I think she listens. I I have like I have a long standing theory about lower body injury means either contracted VD or hitting the testes of the football. <laughs> I think lower body injury is just what's used for anything. Like if they have diarrhea, lower body injury. <laughs> it's one of those terms that's so great because it just it can mean anything. Like I'm pretty sure accidentally you guys I can't come out tonight. I've got a lower body injury. Yeah. As I'm like on the toilet. Diarrhea. <laughs> you ever have you ever like accidentally sat on, you know, sat on, on one of your you know, sat sat on the family jewels? You know, lower oh, body injury. Mr. Man. Rogers. Yeah. I'm pissed now. <laughs> I swear, Brad, didn't you tweet something? Like I was at a yeah, yeah. a hey, game. Listen. Um Oh no! I was at practice one day, and I said that Uri Rossell was out with a lower body injury, and then you you tweeted at me uh, something about like the like big brain something. Yeah, that's not that's not a that's not a this is not a joke I'm making up right now. That is right. my long standing. Let's see, March that. March 11th of 2020, over a year ago, Brad tweeted, "Pain in his groin." I don't think it's unwise to throw away journalistic credibility and begin reckless speculation that it's gonorrhea. But why else would Pereja be internet <laughs> intentionally vague? People are talking. <laughs> I mean, he's got a point. Dan's got a point. It's hard to argue with that, honestly. Jesus. Has anyone said it's not VT? <laughs> <laughs> they haven't rolled it out. Guys, I think... Brad tweeted that at me the last day Orlando City training was open before the pandemic shut it down. <laughs> so oh my you're god! Me that the real outbreak was. Oh my god! In the locker. You guys silly! I'm still gonna send it. <laughs> people, people are talking, Brad. They're still talking a year later. <laughs> Maybe he had COVID before anyone realized it, though. I know we're, I know we're going with this whole gonorrhea thing. But, but pain it, no, but. Head coach Oscar, uh, here's the, what I said. Head coach Oscar Pereja said that midfielder Uri Rosell had a pain in his groin and has been held out for a couple days. Yeah, but he could have just been hiding the fact that he, he had COVID because they didn't want the league shut down. You know, maybe you're saying you're saying he to prevent a Rudy Gobert situation, <laughs> right? Got it's it. you. It's it's a lot easier for you to just be like, oh no, you know, look, his 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 nuts are hurting, man. Just let him go. <laughs> his dick hurts. His th- his thing don't work. Have you ever um, had a dreams that that you um you had you 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 can you do you you want you you can. I hate it. Thing pisses me off. Oh man! All right, shall we move on? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know what the point is at this at this current state. All right, Orlando City Let's plays. Try. Orlando City plays FC Cincinnati. Three on, nothing winners. They're gonna spank these guys. Do you think so? They're gonna spank their old fucking <laughs> international Cincinnati. airport in another state looking ass. Cincinnati are the worst team in the league. Coming Skyline off Skyline Chili. More like dirty trash water. You're dirty brown water trash. And you're always going to be dirty brown water trash. 
Thank you. That's yeah. I mean, that's that's what I think of when I think of Skylight Chili. It's just dirty brown water. Someone trash. had an accident, <laughs> and rather than own up to it, they're just gonna serve it to people and, and make it their it. staple food. They're gonna pour pour it pour it because it's not like because it's mostly just liquid, so it pours like now, out of a ladle. So hopefully they're gonna after, pour it on spaghetti. After- and you're going to pretend like you like it. So after this game, the Orlando City players are going to have to quarantine 14 <laughs> days. Because anytime you come into contact with anybody from the state of Ohio, you immediately have to quarantine for 14 you days. Imagine the most famous athlete from your city being someone who is also banned from that sport. Because comparatively speaking to the macho man Randy Savage, you are nothing but garbage, yeah. And my my the best bit of travel advice I got to about going to Ohio is just don't get any on you. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of targeted ads over the past couple months uh, telling me to move to Ohio. You. And that's the last thing that I would ever consider. Well, it's because they they recognize you as a reliable Republican voter, and so they'd love to have you in the state. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, obviously. They say we need more of this guy in the electorate. Yeah, this guy. I think of all the offensive things I've ever said on the show, that actually might have been the first time I felt bad. I apologize for trying to call you that. That was un- unfair of me. The, the time we tried to accuse How dare play- you. The, the time we tried to accuse players of jacking off into the shoes of other players <laughs> was was totally fine and normal and professional, did- and I stand by it. But this one, this one might have been too far. That was that five years ago. That come to my mind while we were talking about the Yuri Russell thing. I almost brought it up. Jeez. That was five years ago, guys. Yeah, yeah. memories on this show. You know, never you know what else was five years ago? March of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a point. It sure feels like that. Well, anyways, um, FC Cincinnati, Saturday, May 1st at 7.30. You know what else is on Saturday, May 1st at 7.30? The Orlando Pride, oh. they get to play North Carolina in their final game of the Challenge Cup, coming off a one nothing win against the Washington Spirit, their first win in over 600 days. Quite an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, wow. Is, is it? Let's see. Yeah, I mean, is I'd it say... an accomplishment? I'd say so. I mean, given... They won. Yeah. Given Washington isn't a yeah. isn't a bad team, I wouldn't say like they're not good, but they're also not bad. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, in between. Yeah, it's it's. But it's, I mean, it's when a, you think about things that like never happen, like no hitters in baseball or like a perfect game, like the Pride winning or right. Not up only there. the Pride winning, but getting a clean sheet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the reason that they won was because of Ashlyn Harris. Yes. Like that 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 is simply the reason they won. Well, she saved a, another penalty two weeks in a row now. Yeah. Like yeah, she's, she uh she's she's been kind of carrying this team. Yeah. Um I mean I mean here's here's the the sad fact of the matter. Ashen Harris was good because the defense was bad. Yeah, so so why is it that both Orlando teams have followed the same trajectory, right? So we had you start in the beginning, one of the the biggest signings for both teams were were arguably like the best Brazilian players of all time. 
Kaka is, is a little more arguable, right? But Martinez, yeah, that, that Kaka one is, is, is yes, is a statement, right? But is he's but he's vi- that's a statement. He's, but one, he's one, one of the best. But, but he's Marta one of, is right, the best. Right, right. He's not the best, but he's he's one of like he's on the Mount Rushmore. Considering right. Pele's still not, alive, I, but yeah, right, yeah. right. I'm not I'm not in any way making the argument that he's like the best. I'm just saying he's he's on the Mount Rushmore, right? Mm-hmm. He's in he's in the top in a country that. Probably their top ten is better than any other country's best. So you look at that. So both both Orlando teams did that, right? Okay, cool. And then both Orlando teams proceeded to really suck for the first couple years, and it was just great goalkeeping from from whoever it was at goal. Didn't matter who it was. It was just saves out the ass because they had to because nobody. I was could gonna defend, say this, which the means, same thing happened with Joe Bendick when it, like he was right. making he was leading the league in saves, but it was like and he's also he now? playing in front of a bunch of traffic cones, so he was right. making more shots than anybody. So he, right. So, so, so it, hold on. But let me just throw this stat out here very quickly. In the game against Washington, Ashlyn Harris faced twenty shots, saving Jesus. nine of them. So all I'm saying is, it's not what you want. If the clubs are following the same trajectory, then in the next couple of years, maybe the pride will start actually being good. They just got to figure it out what might, the hell I they're doing with their say, defense. I was gonna say I would think the difference between Orlando and between City and the Pride is that Orlando didn't really waste two generational talents for very poor soccer. Like you have. Like as we said, the goat in Marta. You say, and you, then you next say, to her is arguably one of the the greatest women's goal scorers of all time. There half the time, granted, but still, you, yeah. But you say Orlando <laughs> did waste the talent, but you're forgetting about Portuguese superstar Estrella. I'd, I'd also say that the Pride. I don't think have had the same sort of uh, organizational emphasis that Orlando City have had. I think there's, I think scouting, like the pride actually having a GM and actually having like people to scout players. Right. They benefited from coming into existence like after Orlando City had been around for a little bit, right? So the first couple of years from Orlando City were really bad. And so some of those kinks were worked out before the pride had started. So I think that they didn't have to have those first couple of years of just absolute dog shit. Like we're bringing in guys who should be kicking field goals on Sundays instead of trying to score goals. They also, for like the whole first three years, like the first couple of years of Tom Sermani, they just kind of treated draft picks like they were. Optional. Oh yeah. They like they're the, <laughs> the unwillingness to draft anyone really sort of did them in, you know, those, those three years, the fact that they made the playoffs that one year is pretty much just on the back that, Alex Morgan played out of her mind for all those games that she was in there for it. It tells you a lot that the following year they made the playoffs. They had probably one of the most underwhelming seasons an NWSL team had losing at home to then sky blue, like rather just bowing out of the season altogether, like in a year where they could have won. Well, I, I think that last sort of month of gameplay it looked about as orlando as a team has looked playing a season it's just the fact that they haven't had that sort of organizational uh ability to scout players draft players 
really sort of taking building the team seriously outside of just some of the names that they have uh, is is really sort of done them a lot as far as making them better from top to bottom. Yeah, and I will say it's kind of where it sucks having lost last year because you can you can really tell too that with Amanda Duffy here, like the the philosophy has changed. Like there is a more serious tone from the Pride, but we just haven't been able to see that because they also you know they they lost an entire year basically. It's not, well, it's not just Amanda Duffy. It's also uh, James Bond writer Ian Fleming. Right, like, you know, it's her bringing her in. It's kind of saying like, all right, we need to start hiring the right people that are going to start making the right decisions. Right, somebody so who actually just not, just cares about the pride, not just city and pride. Right. Not to, um, not to speak poorly of Eric Ustruck, who I'm sure cares a lot about Orlando City, but yes. Well, I again, he was. I think his knowledge of the women's game wasn't as detailed as ian's is right considering that ian came from a job in women's soccer before and also his job is related a lot to analytics um which by the way i I, we should try and get him on the show one day and, and pick his brain about how he approaches signing players and just like the the kind of mindset uh the money ball mindset that comes into women's soccer I was I was wanting to do the same thing with um, Nikki Budelich and just be like, hey, man, do you watch these guys like at all before no. you sign them? Like, what is your philosophy? Are you just picking names out of a hat? Like, no, guys DMing you on Twitter and you just sign them. He's like, signing, no, he, he's signing guys that are represented by his former company. Right. Yeah, that's it. Hasn't hasn't Miami basically followed the, that same philosophy Almost as Orlando did the, the first like five years? Yeah, pretty much. Team Beswicks. Go team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I can't believe that Miami saw how poorly all of that worked out for Orlando and then said we have to do exactly that. Well here's so here's the thing. I'm an even more dysfunctional term. No, I, I've actually talked to a number of people within the Miami front office, and basically th- this is their opinion, obviously, but th- from their standpoint. Miami is taking everything that was good about Orlando and making it better. This is this is what they're telling me. Um, they appre they, they, like they saw the good things that Orlando was doing, and they saw the bad so, things as they were doing. What what good things? In terms and of all, uh, marketing, and also, and, and also I, I I've watched Miami play. I understand they won over the weekend, mm-hmm. but they're not a they good. They're not good. a good team. It took. I would say their, their winner, terrible at their market. Well, no. their winner was when what they let Philly let four guys stand inside the five yard box completely unmarked. Yeah, that wasn't good. Yeah, that was not good. So winning off of a well, yeah, you absolutely should score their goal. Doesn't <laughs> really like. I I, I it doesn't I'm say much. Gonna, I know. Yeah, I'm not going to give you a lot of credit for that. When. It, it's maybe the closest thing to a layup you can score in soccer. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I will say, so the way that one of the Miami employees told me, uh, he said it was, uh, it's a good environment. The leadership is good. The vision is good. The club is committed to long-term growth. And uh, he uh, said that Orlando seems to just try and 
save a buck. Well, yeah, because they bought because they built a stadium. That's why. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they moved into Lockhart Stadium, which is old. I mean, I think the Strikers even used to play there a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It's it, they they're just renovating an old old stadium that was already existing. Like you didn't have to buy. Oh no, they end. they raised it to the ground and built a new one. Right, but securing the land for it too—that's on top of. Right. Like that's that's not a small thing in Orlando. Orlando bought the land. They're not leasing it from the city or anything like that. They they have to pay. I mean, I know it's not. I know it's not really like. They're not paying a lot of property tax on it, but they, the finances that went into building the stadium, I think, are a lot different than whatever Miami did for their stadium. It's I don't think that's a one to one comparison that Miami is accurately making there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fair. Like it's a matter of time at this point. You know, we'll we'll see what happens over the next couple of years. Um, but certainly, like certainly, they they haven't done they haven't shown anything to prove their point yet. No, other than sort of try to circumvent DP rules by signing guys to TAM and GAM contracts that end up getting found out about. I don't I don't really know. And I think it's I, I think it's a little naive to say that they're the only team that's tried that. I think they're probably just the only team that has gotten caught doing that. Yeah, pretty much. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Like I, I don't that's that's like Nikki Badalich in a nutshell all the time. Yeah, I, I'm not I don't look at teams front offices like some virtues of Paragon, so I'm not gonna be naive enough to say that every team in the league hasn't on some level tried to cut whatever corner they can to sign guys and not have it count against them for whatever reason. So I don't know. That's just that's just me. I, I find it very fitting that the team owned by David Beckham is attempting to work their way around the rules of signing and paying players considering his history in the league. He's the reason that the DP rule exists because yeah. of the circumvention of, of rules to try yeah. and sign him. Well, and not only that, but like MLS has a, you look at, look at Clint Dempsey going to the Sounders. The league has a pretty well-established history of changing the rules when it best fits the league, I guess. So if Miami were good last year, I think this gets resolved differently, whereas like, oh no, we're going to expand the number of DP slots that teams get, and this is not a problem. But because Miami was not good, and suddenly it, it was not a problem for the league to try to decide that they want to punish them, it, then sure, whatever. We're, you're, you're not worth us looking like assholes over. How did we get on this topic from the Pride? I, I uh, front front offices. Yeah, we, we were we, talking, we're talking about, about. That's right. That's right. I completely like forgot, like blacked There's, out for a second, and I was like, the, "Where where are we right now?" I was giving the pride credit for having like actual front office people there rather than just like other people who are kind of maybe also working on the front pride roster aside yeah, from yeah. just um you know Tom Sermani and but I do think I do think it will take less time 
for the Pride to actually be like a really competitive team than it has for Orlando. Oh, like for the I for agree. The team. I I think already like you're seeing what some of their draft picks this last year. I think it really kind of showed that. Granted, their top draft pick did end up getting pretty injured. Like, yeah, tore her ACL in her first college game. Yeah, that that wasn't great. So no. aside from that, but I mean, that's not that's not something you can really account for when you're when you're scouting a player is them getting hurt. So I'm not going to hold that against them. It just that's just. Now I will say this: uh, when it comes to the draft picks for the Pride, since none of them have actually like you know joined the team as of yet. Um, Viviana Villacorta is the one that tore her ACL. Uh, Michaela Colahan actually was just named an All-American, I believe. Um, so she's had a very good spring season. Uh, Carrie Abello um, and Kaylee Collins, they're also with their respective schools. Carrie Abello with Penn State. I know you're happy about that, Kyle. And uh, Kaylee Collins with USC. Um so those three should be joining the Pride sometime in the next month or so, uh, potentially as players for the Olympics start leaving. If the Olympics are actually happening in the first place, we still don't actually know, and neither does Mark Skinner, because I asked him about that, and he has no idea. So at least three new players will be joining the team to help them, one a midfielder, one a forward, and one a goalkeeper, um, to be able to kind of build up some of the depth that they have and not only that but for all intents and purposes taylor korniak and courtney peterson are, are also rookies this year they, and abby kim yeah yeah abby kim had a pretty good contribution in their first game so i mean it's true she's, she's definitely someone that um when you when you look at when you look at the success of their draft i think that's that's really what i'm right and this is the first like real draft that um mark skinner has had because 2019, like, everybody got traded away, basically. So 2020 and 2021, those are the first two real, like, draft years that he was able to have, essentially. Yeah. So all things considered, like, Marissa Vigiano has proved to be a, a very good midfielder. Aaron Greening was a good defender. Those are two draft picks that he picked out in his first year, like, within – a couple weeks of getting there like literally mark skinner joined the team in january and then the draft happened january 10th so it was literally within days of him actually signing on to be the coach that the draft happened and they had a third and fourth round pick like marissa vigiano was a fourth round pick and she's starting every game for the pride if anything that you can say about mark skinner i i know we joke about the art that he wants to portray on the football pitch but the one thing you can't argue is he knows how to scout his players from college and he has gotten a lot out of them. Well, that was, since... I mean, that was, that was always his sort of thing was that his teams sort of punched out of their weight class. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was at, when he was at Birmingham city, he, you know, had teams that could compete against larger budgets. So, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of, I mean, Birmingham in 2019, Birmingham was fourth in the WSL, and that's considering that Manchester City, Arsenal, and Chelsea are also the teams that were above them. Right. He was there for for years and years to be able to build up that kind of roster with those kind of players that he wanted. Yeah, I mean, he'd he'd, he'd been there for about four years, 
really. Right. So. But, I mean, if, when you look at the pride now, how many are left over from Tom Sermani? Right. And that sort of thing. I mean, I think other than, like, you know, your big name players, that, that's, it's, it's, I mean, a those pretty... are main, those are the main ones that are left over. Ashlyn Harris, Tony yeah. Presley, Ali Krieger, um, matter of fact, hardly any defenders. Then you have, geez, just Sid, Marta, and Alex. Tony. This, but, yeah, Tony's really the only non-big name that's still like with the team since the very beginning. Yeah. So Marta joined in 2017. Alex Morgan's been there since the beginning. Sid came in Ashley in 20. Yeah. What, what was what was Sid? 17 or 18? Seven. 18. 2018 is what her first year with the Pride. Yeah, so they they had moved into the they moved into the stadium. Though. Yeah. So it's Ashlyn Harris, Tony Presley, and Alex Morgan. That have been here since the very beginning. Yeah, and and of that, it's it's really just those players and just completely having to rework a roster. And when you talk about Sid, I mean, Sid has barely gotten the play with the pride, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to see tough. her, so to see her sort of take the season the way she has so far, just sort of starting. I I mean, I was not expecting her to be this good right away. Like it's, she has made an impact in both of their games, and I mean, obviously, so I mean, she scored in this last yeah. one, and I, I think, I, I think against Louisville, it, there were times where it looked like she was going to be early. It looked like she was going to score or take someone's head off. I think those were the two <laughs> outcomes of that game, and neither happened. But she, she looked to be the most threatening player on the pitch for the Pride against Louisville to start out with, and then for her to keep that up. I think it's it, it makes an impact, and I think you see how an offense that didn't look so threatening, I think in in twenty nineteen is now a little bit more. There's there's more teeth to it. I think this year, especially with with her regaining her form, I think is is a huge addition to the pride. Yeah, I would agree, and uh, I'll be interested to see how the rest of this Challenge Cup plays out. As of right now, the Pride are actually in possible contention to uh, make it as first place team. Uh, as long as Gotham and North Carolina lose and Orlando wins, they could finish top of the group. They which do. Which is kind of wild. Uh, today, Monday, April 26th, as we're recording this, there is a, a Louisville-North Carolina match um, mm-hmm. That that could have some impact on what the standings look like. Yeah, I mean, if North well, if North Carolina wins, they're tied with uh, Gotham. Yeah, and then if Orlando beats North Carolina, they'd be a point ahead. Correct. So I mean, so it all comes down to, to Saturday, basically, is what we're saying. Yeah, the pride, the pride control their their own destiny still, even with the loss to the. No, excuse me. Even even with the loss that they had earlier, they're still yeah. Well yeah, the worth. the loss they had to Gotham at home because they drew Louisville in their first game. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes because, <laughs> I mean, both men and women's sides for Orlando City and Pride play at the exact same time at the on the exact same day. So if you're going to be at home watching one game, just turn on the other. Watch them both. Now is the. Is the, I forget. Is the Pride don't, game on CBS me. Sportsnet or is it on Paramount Plus? Good question, actually. Uh, they're on CBS Sports Network. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's and that's that Wakeman part. It is indeed. All right. With the Orlando Pride done, let's talk very quickly about the OC Academy 23s. As of right now, this team has not lost. They have been playing really good. Like, I, like they're just really, really, really good. Oh, I like that. Yeah, me too. Yes. It, it, it is good to see the youngsters for Orlando City uh, play well uh, against pretty below average competition. No offense to any teams from UPSL, but when you have some of the best young players in the country, well, in the state, playing against beer league teams, it's kind of not sure how much of a contest you're going to get out of that. But either way, OC Academy 23s are coming off a uh, 11 nothing win over Clay County SC. Um, that was back on the 17th. Uh, they did play um, Interjax, Gavin. I don't know if I did forgot you... about that game. No, <laughs> you forgot to remind me about that. It was that field that you were telling me is literally like right down the road from me. So they were within like five minutes of me. Oh. Whoopsies. Had I thought about it, I would have went. But you didn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. OFC mm-hmm. Barca is currently in first, but they but the OC Academy also has a, a game in hand on them. So depending on how yeah, that, that from from is. what I can see, it seems like that game that was supposed to happen against Interjax did not happen. Oh, okay. So. It's a good thing you didn't go because I don't think there would have been a game. There is, however, was this? Uh, there is one more game against a Jacksonville team with a uh, site to be determined uh, on May 15th. Uh, they will be playing the CFL Gosa Spurs on Friday. At so we'll we'll, we'll see how. Uh, yeah, that's at OHP. Uh, Eight o'clock on Friday. You can tune in on uh, my Cujo Austin, refresh my memory. Have any teams ever? Have any soccer teams played at Solar Spur Arena or Osceola Heritage Park? Uh, define soccer team. Um, <laughs> definitely not a front for someone's. Career. Sounds like some fraud scheme played at Silver Spurs Arena once. Uh, there have been multiple actually. Huh. <laughs> there was a hockey team, an indoor football team, um. But but maybe an indoor soccer team? Has that yes, ever, has there, there ever... was an indoor soccer team. It was called the Orlando Seawolves. I still have their magnet on my car. I still have the magnet on my fridge. I also have the magnet on my car. I keep hoping someone will steal it. Nobody does. Nobody nobody cares about the Orlando Seawolves. The former owner might come and steal it. I don't think he will. All right. Um, last thing I want to mention when it comes to just outdoor soccer and UPSL um, not UPSL, but um, allegedly, NPSL. he might allegedly come to <laughs> the NPSL. There is a team in Orlando that will be playing in the NPSL, which is the National Premier Soccer League. That team will be coached by former Orlando Seawolves head coach Tom Traxler. The man, the myth, 
It is the Central Florida Panthers Soccer Club. Now, was it was it was it, FC Nona? Wasn't that going to be a thing also? Yes, I believe it was, but I haven't that, heard that anything about is, that. That is a thing. They just haven't started playing. Uh, as they, of right now, they, they are not in the NPSL. I think they. What? I think they announced. From what I remember, they said they were starting in either twenty two yeah. or twenty three. It's it's not starting this year. Yes, the uh, the Jacksonville Armada FC U twenty three team will be playing in the NPSL. Mm-hmm. So uh, when it comes to the Central Florida Panthers, obviously I said Tom Traxler is the coach. Um, BTLO Jean Jacques, who used to play for Orlando City and played for the Haitian national team, will be the assistant coach alongside Louis Neal, who has joined Tom Traxler's staff. Uh, as far as players go, they have a number of players from Rollins College, UCF, and uh, Stetson, uh, USF, Jacksonville, um, Miami. Like They have a lot of players from around uh, the state. And uh, this is yet to be announced yet, but I'm going to break some news here. The Central Florida Panthers Soccer Club has signed former Orlando City midfielder Will Johnson bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot! <laughs> yes Will Johnson okay. Will Johnson will be playing NPSL oh brother this guy stinks hey Will Johnson does not stink he's coming on the show in a couple weeks by the way great so I can tell him how often I, it was frustrating to watch him do his whatever he was doing in the midfield those few years that he was playing with. He scored good goals. It's one of those this is a bad outweigh the good sort of <laughs> scenarios. In which case feel free to tell that to him when this he comes Bozo out over here. Jeez. Insulting. You, you Will Johnson. Big, you made a big mistake by telling Brad to do that though, because he's absolutely going to. <sighs> God. There goes professional credibility. We that if you believed that we still had that, I have a beachfront property in Omaha to sell you, my friend. This is the way. <laughs> this is not the way. Anyways, um, their games will be played at Showalter Field in Winter Park. Uh, games start next week, and um, they're open to the public, as far as I understand. There you go. That's that's it for outdoor soccer. It is time to close out the show with some of our favorite things to do, or used to be favorite things, until we stopped doing it, and now we're doing it again. Weird news, which is where we just go around the internet and find some of the weirdest news we possibly can, and red cards, which is, what are you upset about? What do you want to give a red card to in your daily life? First off, weird news. Who's got some weird news? I... I'll be honest, I, I did hear this story for the first time like a week ago on What a Time to Be Alive, so I am getting it from them, but it is quite funny. It was funny to me. So in this Polish city of Krakow, um, these people were so afraid of what they saw in this tree. They they thought that there was just like this wild animal that they didn't know. It's the, One woman reported, like, people are opening their windows because they're afraid that it'll go into the house. Um, they thought it was like a reptile, a bird. This woman thought it was a, a liguana. Um, it turned out that it was just a croissant just sitting in the tree, you know, um, just chilling there. 
And this whole this whole city was like shook for days because they didn't know what it was. They had to call uh, Animal Rescue to get involved with it, and then they got there and they found out it was just a uh, a piece of bread. Stay <laughs> out. Dumb wow. little miscalculation from the Polish it. city. I've got a I've got a great one. Go for it's it. The story of a criminal making a Wookiee mistake. Chewbacca street performer suspected in French Quarter stabbing. A New Orleans street performer who wears a Chewbacca costume is wanted in connection with a stabbing in the French Quarter on Saturday. According to police, just before 9 p.m., the street performer, known only to officers as someone who wears the Star Wars character's costume, was involved in an argument with someone else that ended with that person being stabbed. Was the guy wearing the costume? Oh, yes. Like, if that was your one thing, like, if people knew you as the guy who wears the Wookiee costume, why would you commit a crime in the Wookiee costume? I mean, he, he could have got away with it if it wasn't for that. This is true. <laughs> but he, he he didn't get away with it. He got caught. This is the way. Wow. Tragic. This is the way. Brad, what do you have? Um, cause we don't really get into politics all that much on this show. And I'm not going to say how defunded the police should be. Um, but I'm going to say totally... Um, Two D.C. police cars were totaled after officers decided to drag race each other, according to an internal email obtained exclusively by Fox 5's Lindsay Watts. Uh, Yesterday, two 60 scout cars were totaled because officers decided instead of fighting crime, patrolling their beats, or engaging the community, they decided to drag race each other at 5 o'clock in the evening. This is uh, Fox 5 Washington, D.C. Um, What does this say about what does this say to all members of MPD? I'm guessing that's Metro Police Department who are passionate about their job and work hard every day to do a difference. It's not fair to any of us. Um, just going to say, yeah, ACAP. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking embarrassing! Just a lot of... <laughs> all right. So, um... Universal Studios Japan is uh, just announced that they will be temporarily closed from the 25th following an announcement of a state of emergency in Osaka. This is after the there was a ruling on the 23rd that said that Universal Studios Japan could open but not have spectators. So what, so, is that, what does that mean? It means they can open but not have people enter the park, which basically just confused the hell out of them. And they're like, we don't understand what this means. So they just shut down again. So they can turn the lights on, but they can't actually unlock the door. Yeah. Huh. Well, have you seen that video of like the the Spider-Man like automaton that disney was testing for their for their park for like the avengers like uh campus thing that they're doing in disneyland no so there's like this video of basically like like a robot web slinging almost like it looks Mm -hmm. like it's just kind of like being like launched but no it looks cool 
So now what I think they're doing is they're they're gonna let people come to the park in avatars. <laughs> like if pre-pandemic, the idea of that like Star Wars hotel <laughs> where you were like basically locked in there for like a few days or something like that, that sounded pretty cool. Now it sounds like a living nightmare. I'm just watching this video of uh, robot Spider-Man doing like web swinging and stuff. It is. It looks. I mean, it looks pretty cool that they got a robot to web sling. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, man, that sounds like a cool job because there's uh, someone who dresses up as Tinkerbell who would zipline from the castle from Cinderella's castle every night and that sounded like a pretty cool job um during the the fireworks show but now they're just gonna get robots to do all those cool jobs and that sucks i mean if it looks cool right yeah because you can't you can't let people have fun i'm pissed now (laughs) so the next segment we usually do after that is red cards right this is true. Gentlemen, do you have any red cards? I've got a red card. Kyle, what is your red card? Yesterday, Sunday, April 25th, much later than usual for this occurrence, it's the yearly tradition of good old Americans watching the Oscars and being angry for some reason or another. Mostly because some really shitty movie wins an award over some really good movie. Although for the most part this year didn't happen. Some really, really good movies that won. So overall, not too bad until it got to the end. So they, they saved best actor, right? They saved that for the end. They wanted to make that the last things they, they got to instead of doing that close to the beginning. Okay. So pretty clear. When they're when they're honoring the people who had passed away and and they're not they've, they've not done anything for Chadwick Boseman yet who who had passed away last year clearly they're gonna make a reference to him it's very important he was very important he was also beyond anything of that of like anything about that very talented every movie that man has done he has been just insanely good so it gets to, to best actor and everyone goes, well, of course, this is this is the moment, and it's going to be tear-jerking, and we're going to be so emotionally moved. And then Anthony Hopkins wins. And I mean, this is no disrespect to Anthony Hopkins, because Anthony Hopkins is great. I've not seen the movie that he won for, but I want to watch it. It had looked good. It's just I'm not paying $20 to rent it. Anthony Hopkins is a great actor. I don't dispute that he probably may have deserved the Best Actor award. But the show, the whole thing was clearly set up in a way that, hey, yeah, we're definitely going to end this with the big, haha, Chadwick Boseman, what a guy. And then, because it's the Oscars, it ended with a white man getting all of the recognition. I mean, it's it's funny because the... Ex- the acceptance video that Anthony Hopkins put out the next day, he even does not look comfortably uh, to be all that comfortable accepting that award. He he takes time to met. He goes, I want to pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman, who has taken far, 
it was taken from us far too early it says the thing that i think everyone always says where you like you, you you're like oh i didn't expect to win but like i think even anthony hopkins was was pretty surprised to learn that he had won uh over chadwick boseman i i yes i agree with that and to, and to his credit i think what he what he had to say was very great and again like i love anthony hopkins there's nothing I don't see here at all and think, oh, you know, how could they give it to a guy like that? You know, he didn't deserve that. Like, Anthony Hopkins is great. Fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. So I don't dispute that he may have, have deserved winning. Although, Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is is great. Although part of the powerfulness of the movie, and you have to watch the movie. I don't want to give too much away. But a lot of the, the monologues that the character gives, when you consider that it was his last movie and it was filmed while he was dying of cancer it it's oh my god i mean it's incredible so like i don't know and and to do and they did that whole like cheat some some dude paid 50 dollars for some um 3d printed version of of chadwick boseman's head covered it in like like colored it gold and turned it into an nft and they were giving it out to all of the the nominees it was it was super weird and then apparently like proceeds from them being sold or something like that was being donated to charity but it was all still kind of really sketchy and weird and yeah i not not a felt felt like a really great opportunity to respect someone super talented who had passed away from cancer and didn't do it and i think a lot shittier people who have died for reasons that were within their control have 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 you know and i don't i that sounds a little bit harsh but like i was gonna say does anyone really die within their control yes 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 that's gavin yes (laughs) gavin yes yes i as soon as it was coming out of my mouth but this wasn't but this wasn't even like this wasn't like, you know, he had overdosed on something or he had whatever. I mean, the dude had cancer and there wasn't even an opportunity to 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 really honor him. That was I never get mad at the Oscars. Like it's it's a dumb award show. It's it's powerful white people giving other powerful white people awards. Like let's be real. And so I don't really care. So I'm never one of those like I don't get outraged about the Oscars and I'm even like not super angry. But the fact that you can't honor a dude like that is just that's ridiculous. That's a that's a that's a red card. That's a three game suspension. And if you appeal, extending it to ten. Okay. Fair enough. All right. All right. Uh, Gavin. Before I get to my before I get to mine, I have some late breaking weird news across the news feed right now. Um Oh boy. The the headline is simply Good News Freaks. The guy who made the Bugs Life flashlight is back with one shaped like Shrek's ear. <laughs> what? Why is why are you following somebody mm-hmm. that is tweeting that? Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually from the AV Club. Good lord! This is, this is mainstream news. Yeah. Hell yeah! <laughs> um, apparently, this guy, his name is uh, Lazary. Um, he's got he's got a whole catalog, um, including um, a greasy toad. Cinderella, ugly stepsister, glass slip a foot job flashlight, um, the Ratatouille 
All right, all right, all right. <laughs> let's let's just let's just move 69! on. Sixty nine, Gavin. I need you to give me your red card, please, so we can stop talking about dump truck flashlights. My red card now goes to Austin for cutting me off here. Um, my red card for the week goes to MLSsoccer.com. If you visit the website frequently, like I do. You will obviously know that they did a nice big redesign um, a couple weeks ago to, for the launch of the new season. I will say it's nice looking. It is not nice operating. It is terrible. First of all, I don't even know where to begin. It is. It feels so half done. Like They took away so many things um, that were very useful. They, you can no longer see the form guide when you go to the standings. Um, so you now have to do that homework by yourself. And that is frustrating. Um when you go to the game page, they don't have game previews anymore. They don't have um, chalkboards anymore, no more dashboards. So you can't look at like passing charts and things like that. And that is one of the most infuriating things to me because as somebody who writes about these games, those are very, very useful tools for me um, to be able to visually see these things on the field and to also be able to lay them out to the readers rather than just using words, which is very tough to do to paint a picture uh, of soccer. Um, the stats are just wonky. Like, it, I, like for example, I'm looking at the Orlando City Sporting Kansas City. There are two different possession totals, and they are both completely the opposite of each other. Like, one says Orlando dominated 59 to, like, 40-something, and then the other one says Sporting Kansas City was in the 50s and Orlando was in the 40s, so it doesn't make sense. Um they don't have goalkeeper stats anymore. You like the the stats for players is very limited. Like they they added some good things. They added xgs and expected assists and stuff like that. But it's just so like it doesn't give me any valuable information when I'm trying to look at these stats and trying to see who performed well, who did not. It, it's just very a very incomplete thing. And listen, I obviously don't know the first thing about designing a website and i'm sure it's incredibly not necessarily easy but if you're going to do it please do it well because it is not good mm-hmm. that is my okay that's fair brad you're up um mine is to and and hear me out on this it is to mlb the show 21 yeah. Oh, I almost went with one of these. Let me hear yours. I I don't like how Road to the Show has been done in this edition. Okay. Um granted granted it, it is a feature that it you don't necessarily have to play. And the thing I, I like I'm being I, I will admit a little bit nitpicky about where at first it wants you to play as a two ray player. I don't want to do that. And I also yeah, don't no, want to start I, I, I also that don't want to start. They gave me a chance. Yeah, as soon as they're like, "All right, we're gonna have you pitch and and play in the field," I was like, "Nope, no thanks. I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's that sucks." Um, just let me uh, pretend to be a left fielder and mash taters. I I I I don't like starting in double A and having like basically a, a a guy who can't hit at all to start out with but i guess i have to like get loadout stuff and also get things in packs which also i'm not a huge fan of like it, it, i understand like 
Sony wants to make money off of this game and they put it on Game Pass day one for Xbox players. So their way to make money on it is going to be microtransactions and getting people to buy packs, which I, I, I really am not interested in playing Diamond Dynasty. I also don't like the way they reworked base running in this game either. Uh, I, I, I am yet to really figure out how to just advance one runner at a time. Which sounds like it shouldn't be a problem, but oh, I is just do for some reason. Running. Yeah, I I kind of I I probably should do that, but for whatever reason, when I do auto base running, the AI isn't very smart at base running. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. It kind of just leaves guys to only advance like one plate. Meanwhile, I've hit balls that are very clearly a double. Um, I I I like the show as a franchise. I just don't um, like what has sort of happened so far in this game. And maybe I'll start. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll get better at it over time and adjust. But really, I just want my road to the show player to not play in Jacksonville for the Jumbo Shrimp and <laughs> get to basically not be able to hit a ball out of the park every time I power swing. Like I want to be able to just mash taters every single time like i want to be 1999 mark mcguire <laughs> like that's that's what i want my player to be yeah but your Give problem me... is that you're you're trying to get called up to the marlins and they have a huge ballpark yeah see that's the problem too is that that cavernous whole uh i don't even know what they they got they got a spot a stadium sponsor and i have no idea what it is it's like first loan or something like that loan depot know. Yeah, Lone Depot. Lone Depot with a lowercase L capital D. Stylize those one word. And then Park, I think, is even is also the P in Park is also lowercase, which is yeah. just super everything about that franchise, they deserve everything they get. Um They got rid of the statue, they, they got rid of the fish, like they're just they don't like us. Yeah. Nothing it's it's I say the same thing about Arsenal that I will about the Marlins. At least if they were entertainingly bad. I, I would be on board with it. But because they are so bland and refusing to commit to at least being exciting while being bad, that's what I have a problem with. And so, as an extension, yeah, that's kind of how the show is for me so far. It's not... It's it's kind of bland, but also bad in Road to the Show. Hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's such a well-done game. In ter- like the presentation in like FIFA has gotten very good over like the last few years as things get more authentic and like MLB the show has always been like that but there's to a degree where sometimes it's like I I just want to play the game I just want to get like a baseball oh game Oh my god oh my god oh my god this is a whole new level of nerd Yep I was going to say a baseball guys, game guys, is long guys, enough to play we're, we're we're going very in quote unquote inside baseball but like it's too much way too much we we have spent 20 minutes talking about MLB the show and I gotta cut you off. All right, follow follow our MLB the Show podcast where we really <laughs> deep dive into these issues. Good lord! All right. Well, since we went super inside baseball, quite literally and figuratively, I think we're gonna end it there. Because what else do you really want to hear about from us? So for Kyle Foley, for Gavin Eubank, for Brad Newton, for myself, Austin David, thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. We'll be back next week to talk about the Cincinnati and the North Carolina Courage game, as well as anything else in between. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. And you're not part of the Turbo team! Don't run! 
You don't run with us. We're the ones who run. And tell your part of this turbo team, walk.